Welcome back to the Power Six Podcast. Here's your host, Isaiah Rose. All right, welcome to another week of the Power Six Podcast, everyone. This week, we finally feature all six members of the Power Six Podcast. We have Max, Devin, Brad, Connor, Headley, and myself, Isaiah. There's a lot of exciting Woo! events that went on this week. Uh, very chaotic week in college football, uh, especially for Nebraska football. We have something very excited for you guys planned uh, here at the end of the episode, so make sure you stick it out and stay for that. Um, I'll go ahead and pass things off to Max with this week's agenda. Thank you, Isaiah. Um, we'll get right into what we're working with this week, so we're going to be reacting to, obviously, a lot of the, the chaotic games that happened over this weekend because there were a lot of shocking results, to say the least, but uh, we love that here. It's college football. Anything can happen. Um, and then, of course, we're going to have our tank of the week, our previews, our locks, and our predictions, as usual. We'll get things started uh, with Nebraska. Uh, I suppose we'll refrain from the obvious right now, which we will get into after a moment's reaction to the game itself between Nebraska and Georgia Southern. A big upset. Uh, the Eagles win 45-42 to in Lincoln. The story of the game was, well, Probably in both parts, the Georgia Southern offense and the Nebraska defense. Georgia Southern gained 642 yards. It was the third most that Nebraska has ever given up in Memorial Stadium. 409 passing by Calvin Trees. Rushing yards, 233. They were gashing the Husker defense all day. A lot of positives from this game for the Huskers. The offense looked fine. Casey Thompson looked good. Anthony Grant still looked great. Um, but, man, what a disappointing loss. Yeah, man, I think – Besides the obvious, I mean, our offense has been good this season. I will say our offense has been good this season, but our defense has been awful. I know last week I was saying that I wanted to see the Huskers win the trenches, the trench battle, um, and improve our rush defense. And obviously it did not. We Us giving up 233 yards. And what was the uh, – Yards per carry, Max, do you know off the top of your head? Well, on uh, Georgia Southern as a team averaged 7.8 yards per carry. That is just despicable. That's that is. terrible. Terrible for the Huskers. And um, overall, um, very disappointed in the first three games that we've played. And, I mean, let me say, Sunbelt had a good week, but still no no excuse to to lose to a Georgia Southern team. Yeah, and I'm I completely agree with you, Brad. I think I think you know our offense is starting to find its rhythm. You know, we saw a lot of big plays on Saturday that I think helped motivate their side of the ball, but the defense just looks they, they look lost out there. They they can't stop anything that comes their way, whether it's with North Dakota last week and Georgia Southern this week. They're just going to have to I think moving forward uh, they're going to have to rely on their offense to keep them in the games going forward. We're going to hope to see a lot of high-scoring contests here throughout the season now. I really wish our defense would feed off the energy our offense is giving off. Like you guys said, our offense, there's a lot of good touching points on our offense. You know, even though we lost, we still scored 42 points, which in any football game, uh, you should be able to win. I know one of the stats they brought up in the game that Nebraska was 214 and 0 in Memorial when they scored 35 plus points in a game. Uh, Scott Frost add that to his stats. You know, losing that, uh, making it the first loss ever uh, with 35 points scored in the stadium. But yeah, our defense looks terrible. Like I, there's nothing good I can really say about the defense. I would 
completely agree with that, Isaiah. I think that, you know, the only positives we saw from this game, the offense looked good. Casey Thompson looked good. Like you said, 42 points. I, don't, I mean, I don't care who you're playing. That's, uh, that should be enough to win any game. If you score 42 points in a game, you should be perfectly satisfied. Um, but unfortunately, the defense just didn't show up. We, you know, we won the turnover battle, which is one of the things we've been looking for. Two interceptions. We had no turnovers. Um, you know, lucky for Logan Smothers there. Uh, we won time of possession, which we don't do a lot anymore. But really, that's only because Georgia Southern scored so quickly. So it's hard to take these as positives, really, because there was just a lot that went wrong in that game. It, it's really frustrating. It was it was a culmination of everything that we've seen under Scott Frost, just sort of avalanching into a really bad loss that, you know, and you kind of been waiting for one of these and here it is, I guess, you know, can we talk about Logan Smothers for just a second here? Uh, that play came in um, and he, t he carried the ball. He carried it for, you know, I think it was about eight to 10 yards, but he fumbled it and they ended up ruling it, not a fumble. And the whole defense was selling offense was celebrating with him. Like they had just won the super bowl. And I think, that's got to be the, one of the biggest things that changes with Mickey Joseph going towards the end of the season and whoever steps in this next off season is that they need a culture change. You know, football is a big smash mouth game and it's not, it's not always sunshines and rainbows and they got to understand that they got away with the break there and they needed to capitalize. Yeah. I completely agree with that. I, when you see the guy fumble and he's, you know, you're, you're careless and reckless with the ball in a critical situation, critical point in the game. And beyond that, you're losing, you know, coming down to the wire with a group of five team and the guys are laughing when the the fumble gets overturned and it was borderline and the guys are laughing. That to me is ridiculous. There has to be accountability in the culture now. I mean, you, you just wouldn't see that from other teams. I don't think you'd, you wouldn't see that from Adrian last year. I mean, it's just ridiculous. I agree that you guys pointed that out right away. I didn't really notice it when we were uh, watching live. That's just, if you're an outsider looking in, that just has to be you probably just feel embarrassed for us, honestly. For us to celebrate like that for not turning the ball over is ridiculous. I know in the past couple of years, we've had a lot of uh, troubles carrying the ball. It's it's not changing. You know, that first game against Northwestern, that turnover, it's just guys being careless uh, with the ball, and they need to be more aware of the defense around them. Yeah, you would have thought we were up by 40 points if you just saw the clip of Logan Smothers laughing. I, I don't know how you can get the whole group of guys to start chuckling on the sideline when you're losing to a Sunbelt team. Is Georgia Southern like top of the pack Sunbelt? What do they, what do they even look like? I don't know. Well, you got Appalachian State and I believe Marshall's in there too. Yeah. Well, they were good enough to score or put up 650 yards. So. Yeah, Georgia Southern was projected to be like a middle of the pack Sunbelt team this year, although – it is first-year head coach Clay Helton um, and Kyle Van Trees came in from Buffalo. So we really didn't know anything about Georgia Southern coming in this year, but I think we can say that they might end up being a pretty damn good football team. Um, still no excuse to lose to them. I don't think they're going to be like a group of five Cincinnati by any means. But It wasn't our first time seeing Kyle Van Trees, though, because we did play Buffalo last year. Georgia Southern to the playoffs. I'll take. Hey. <laughs> I'll take. With that, though, I think we can get into the breaking news of the weekend, and that is Scott Frost has been fired from the University of Nebraska. After four seasons and three games, it is the end of an era. He was hired in December of 2017. It has been a long time now. The writing was on the wall, and 
that Georgia Southern game, that result was kind of just the nail in the coffin. He really didn't do anything impressive at Nebraska. It sucked. We all wanted it to work out so bad. But listen, you go 16 and 31 overall, zero signature wins. Beyond that, not even anything remotely close to what could be considered a, a really good win. You know, he just made some critical changes too late. And listen, I was shocked when that when we got that news. Before the October 1st buyout, just crazy. It, it's just crazy that it happened when it did. You know, there's a whole season left, whole Big Ten schedule left. It's it's insane. Yeah, my dad, uh, my dad texted me when he was watching my brother in Minnesota. He was like, Scott Frost just got fired. I was like, no way. Like, I I even looked it up on Google and, like, didn't see anything. And then I went to Reddit, which Max highly recommends Reddit for all your college football news. But then I saw Scott Frost has been fired. And then all the news broke out and it was, it was insane. It was insane. It felt like, honestly felt like I lost a friend. Like I really wanted it to work out. And I think every, obviously everybody wanted it to work out, but it just was not going to work out. Like we just needed to rip off the bandaid and move on. And um, I feel bad for Scott because he really wanted it, but also he just did not win football games. So this is probably the best thing that we could do. Yeah, it's sad to I, yeah. see the guy fail. It's a natural but, um, loser. It seems like it. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but the weather has been perfect outside since Scott Frost got fired. It feels like a curse has <laughs> been lifted, and there's no clouds in the sky anymore. Yeah, I, I'll touch on what kind of like what Brad said. It kind of feels like we lost a friend, you know, was played at Nebraska when the team was amazing, and to see him come and coach, and we were just so bad. Um, I don't know what it speaks on, if it's the coaching uh, or if it's the players. I feel like we have plenty of talent, um, but somewhere in the mix there between the coaching and the talent, you know, things weren't working out. You know, Trevor Alberts has been known to be a very, I don't know the word, progressive when he's a AD. You know, we all went to UNO. He got rid of the football team and wrestling team uh, at, right after the wrestling team won a national championship. So he... He knows how to turn programs around, turn schools around. Uh, I hope, you know, he can find a good replacement for Scott. But it was very shocking to see, you know, three games in to see him gone, especially before we hit Big Ten play. But I hope, you know, Mikey Joseph can take the program over for now and get us to a bowl game, hopefully. That's uh, Mickey, Isaiah. Mickey? I love Mikey Joseph. It's Mikey Joseph. Let's get rid of another program. <laughs> He was. He has a hard hand. I would. I would yeah. say Isaiah. Too. Yeah, he's very cutthroat. Yes, that's what, what you I was were, meant to say. What you were talking about with uh, you don't know if it's players or the coaches. I would have to say it was probably it was it was Scott. Like it was it was the coaches. We had a, one of the best defenses last year in the nation. Our offense wasn't bad. I mean, it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't bad. And then we got. Casey Thompson, all these other transfers this year. Our defense obviously is a little rough, but like I wouldn't blame it on the players per se. No, I, I definitely don't think it's the players. When you come to Nebraska, I mean, you have good enough talent to win and not only win, but win in the Big Ten West. I mean, you know, I, I hate to say it, but the Big Ten West isn't anything special in college football. It's the most unique division in college football, probably. There's teams that play a lot of old school football. Wisconsin, Iowa, Northwestern, uh, Illinois now with Brett Bielema. You know, it's, it's nothing, it is nothing flashy at all. It's the most probably low scoring division in all of college football. But when you go six and 18 in the Big Ten West, there's an issue. I, 
and I think one of the other stats that might even be overlooked on here is he's he was one in four in openers and zero oh and five coming off buys. That means with extra time to prepare for a game, whether it be an off season or a bye week, Scott Frost was one in nine. How are you one in nine with extra time to prepare for a game? The to me, openers. that just shows that our our actual coaching just wasn't there. Exactly. And the openers are supposed to be the easy games. Yes. <laughs> like, and they're supposed to be the, the FCS is obviously we played Ohio state and Northwestern and two of them, but Ohio state, you know, it is what it is. Ohio state's good. Northwestern. On the other hand, we were favored. I think we, we could be the better football team. We'll obviously have to see moving forward, but those games are supposed to be gamies and we just could not figure it out. We also yeah. played Illinois last year, which we all want to forget that one. That was that was a bad loss. That was bad. Did we play Ohio State in an opener? Twenty twenty COVID. COVID. Oh, okay, I forgot about that. COVID yeah, year. it's weird. COVID year is weird. It's it's just these, these stats are crazy, you know. Uh, nothing ever came fully together with the team. I mean, last year the defense is really good. The offense just can't convert in the red zone, and the special teams suck. 2018 and then probably even a little bit in 2019 the offense is pretty damn good but of course the defense was left kind of in shambles by mark banker on on mike riley's staff so the defense wasn't that great this year now it's reverse of last year where the offense looks really good and they're converting in the red zone and they're running the ball well and we got a bunch of wide receivers casey thompson giving out the defense sucks nothing ever molded we also had special teams has been good this year nothing fully came together as a team so unfortunate that it happened like that but that's just the reality of the situation I mean, he had faces in the game that worked some years, but. And I completely agree. And piggybacking off of everything that you guys are saying, he, everybody really wanted it to work. You know, the fans, Scott Frost, you know, the, the players, the university, it just one of those things where it didn't work out and we need to, we need to move forward. And that's one of the great things about our fans as well is that, yes, they were part of the reason why Scott Frost probably got fired so early this season was because the fans were kind of demanding it. But the fans are all, all in on Mickey Joseph going into the end of the season here. They are supporting him 100%. Um, just seeing his resume, you know, with LSU and the products that he's been able to bring out of that university, I'm excited to see how he does the rest of the season. And I'm, I'm not going to waver. I'm, you know, true and true. I really think that Nebraska can turn this around. There's just a few things that are missing on defense and their offense is finally starting to click. I'm, I'm excited to see it. And this weekend is a, a kind of a revenge game for Mickey Joseph, you know, against Oklahoma. So I'm hoping that he can get it done. Yeah, Mickey Joseph, uh, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but in the 1982 Nebraska versus Oklahoma game, he got tackled way out of bounds by Oklahoma, like dirty, and gets injured. So this is definitely a, this is definitely a little revenge game for Mickey. So hopefully he can, he can get the job done for himself and, and for the team, obviously. it'd be. Could you even imagine – if somehow Nebraska wins this game and the big win that Scott Frost could never forget happens in Mickey Joseph's first game, I can't even imagine what the reaction would be. I mean, that, I'd be so excited. And I think oh, that's yeah. partially why Trev like pulled the plug on Scott too, is because if Scott some way, somehow beats Oklahoma, I don't, okay. Spoiler alert. I don't think we're going to, but <laughs> if Scott some way, somehow beat Oklahoma, how do you fire a guy after that? Like you can't, you literally cannot. Yeah. So the, the question I, marks pop back up after that. Yeah. So and I'm kind of, I, I wouldn't, Trev. yeah. And I wouldn't hold my breath uh, to Oklahoma. Absolutely destroying up. If, if there's one thing Nebraska always does, 
It's play to the level of competition of our opponents. We just can't finish. And so I imagine this game is going to come down to, you know, one score, maybe a touchdown. But I think it's going to be tight. It's going to be an offensive show. And if Nebraska somehow pulls it off, you need to take your wife and kids and get the hell out of Lincoln because it's going to be a madhouse there Saturday night. It's going to be crazy. Yeah, I mean, listen, Vegas knows best. The game is at 11 and a half right now. I think if you just ask any random person on the street who knows about college football, they'd put it at like 20-something. So, And listen, last week Oklahoma was in a little bit of a dogfight with Kent State. It was three to nothing, Kent State leading with like 10 seconds to go in the half. And Oklahoma got a, a like last second touchdown before halftime. Oklahoma was leading Kent State seven to three at half. You know, just, just like we said about Alabama going into the Texas game, just like we can say with Oklahoma, it's not like there's someone invisible juggernaut. You know, these teams aren't, it's college football. So anything can happen, obviously. We know that. I would love to talk about that Alabama-Texas game. Well, yeah, we will get would. into that I right after we talk really quick about who you guys think could possibly be the next head coach of the Nebraska Cornhuskers. There's a there's a lot of options. I know my uncle sent us a list um, of who he personally wants on the team. Uh, I'll go ahead and read off the first 10 people. He has like a list. Of, <laughs> the the giant like, list. That's every single person. Let me get every assistant <laughs> in FBS football. <laughs> Dude, there's a lot of people on this list. Um you can go ahead and just skip the first one. <laughs> we know yeah. we know Zach Taylor's not going to leave the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, hey, no also, way. No way. I wouldn't even. the firing, too, because he knows Fox new Big Noon kickoff and a little Urban Meyer is going to be in Lincoln this weekend. Oh. Let the rumors begin. So, uh, you know, first 10 here. I'll skip the first one because, you know, Zach Taylor's not going to leave the Bengals. Uh, we got Dave Aranda, head coach of Baylor. Bill O'Brien, Alabama offensive coordinator. Lance Leopold. Uh, head coach of Kansas, Jamie Chadwell, head coach of Coastal Carolina, Matt Rule, Carolina Panthers head coach, Eric Bieniemy, Kansas City Chiefs offensive coordinator, Todd Monken, Georgia offensive coordinator, Josh Gatiss, Miami, uh, Miami, Florida offensive coordinator, Mickey Joseph, Nebraska wide receiver assistant head coach, Deion Sanders, head coach of Jackson State, and then Jeff Grimes, Baylor offensive coordinator, tight ends coach. Again, that's his list of who he personally would like to see take the head coach spot. And I think it's a pretty good list. Yeah, I'll, I'll piggyback off that because I got I got a guy in mind that I would want to see um, as the head, next head coach at Nebraska. I would say I wouldn't be mad if Mickey Joseph, like, succeeded this year and took over that role. Um, you know, he's a great recruiter. I'd, I'd love him to stay on the staff, whoever we get. Um, but who I would want to see is going to be Matt Campbell, uh, current Iowa State head coach. And I've got some stats here. So in the last 10 seasons, um, nine of those seasons, he's had winning records. One season being a losing record was a transition from Toledo to a bad Iowa State team. Uh, the first six seasons with Iowa State, he took them to five bowl games and a Big 12 championship lost to Oklahoma 27 to 21, who was also a very good Oklahoma team. Um, I believe they went to the playoffs that year in 2020. Max, you might know for sure if Oklahoma went to a 2020 playoffs. I can't they remember. They did not, I don't think. Not. They were a good team, though. They had Spencer Adler and Marvin Mims. Matt Campbell was a three-time Big 12 coach of the year. He's a Midwest guy. 
and he turned the Cyclones and Toledo into competitive teams, uh, both teams that he was at. And I just think Matt Campbell can change our culture. I mean, he's a good enough dude that will obviously praise our players, but he will also get on players' heads when they make a mistake. An obvious Wyatt Lever special teams mistake, he'll, he'll get on their heads. So that is definitely who I want to see at Nebraska as the next head coach is Matt Campbell. Well, if we know anything about uh, the Fred Hoiberg situation, Iowa State coaches might not translate well to Nebraska teams. That's Fred Hoiberg's turning that ship around, man. <laughs> I, yeah, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to respectfully disagree with you, Brad. I think we need to bring in someone that has Big Ten experience. His, just historically speaking, the Big 12 doesn't always have the best defenses. And I think when you get into the Big Ten play, you're going to get into a lot of dog fights, a lot of ground game, and just really moving the ball on the floor. And I just – I can't really get behind Matt Campbell just yet. I'm going to try and keep a closer eye on them as the season goes on just to kind of see what his coaching style is like and get used to it. What I am fearing for is that Mickey Joseph somehow turns the program around and they finish 8-4. and 8-4 and four, and they go on and win their bowl game. I still don't know if they would turn around and hire him. I could see them going for, you know, if Urban Meyer's on the table or Luke Fickle completely abandoning ship with him. That's what I worry for because they have been known in the past to get rid of coaches after winning seasons. They might be sold on, you know, him just filling in until the end of the year. I think that where are you going to go? You can go ahead, Brad. Were you going to say something? No, I was going to say, who do you want then? Did you say? Yeah, you said Big Ten think- experience. Right, so with the Wisconsin defensive coordinator, I believe, is on there. Jim Leonard, uh, he was asked about the Nebraska job today in his press conference, actually. Yep, I think he would be a solid pick because our defense is what primarily needs to work, I think. I'm not going to write off Urban Meyer. I know he has a lot. He Scandal kind of follows him wherever he goes, but he's getting to that point where he's getting pretty old. If he can just keep his head on straight and get a program set right, I would love to see him come there and see what he can do. I think he's going to have a little bit harder of a time than he has at Ohio State and Florida, but, you know, open to those options. Right off, right off Urban. No way Trev brings in Urban Meyer. There's zero chance he brings in Urban Meyer. I completely agree. I do not think Trev, I do not think Trev would hire Urban Meyer. In his press conference, he said a man of character. Urban Meyer does not have any character. This has been established. I think a lot of values kind of go out the door when you talk about winning football games. And that's why Urban Meyer continues to be hired and is still successful wherever he goes. If you could tell me right now. Riding off the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, yeah, screw that. In in college football, there might not be a more successful coach team to team than Urban Meyer in the history of the sport. I agree. He's won everywhere he's went. If you could guarantee me that we, like if we hire Urban Meyer, you guarantee me he wins a Big Ten championship in three years. I agree, Devin. Screw the character. Get this man as a Husker football coach, Okay. It's not a guarantee. I mean, I don't know. You know, he could come here and just completely blow the program up. Everywhere that Urban Meyer has left, it has not been like a smooth transition. Okay, Ryan Day has done good, but that's because he's Ryan Day. I think that worked out for the better. He left Florida kind of a shambles, though. Brad, I do. I like Matt Campbell. I think he's a really good head coach. There's a couple other names I've liked. I like. I've liked Lance Leipold at Kansas. I think he's a. He's just a winner. He's a great football coach. He was at Wisconsin Whitewater Division Three. Was his first head coaching job, and I think he was head coach there for seven years, and he won six national championships in seven years. And then he went to Buffalo, 
turned their program around, started out two and 10, and then won the Mac two of his last three years. So he did as good as you can do at Buffalo. And now he's at Kansas. He went two and 10 last year, and now he's already two and oh. Uh, so Lance Leipold is just a winner. He just knows how to coach football teams. He's getting paid $2 million a year right now at Kansas. We could jump. That's chump change. Yeah. Yeah. Jump Kansas doesn't have to pay money. <laughs> um, so I think Lance Leipold's a good option. I think Dave Aranda head coach at Baylor's a really good option. He was defensive coordinator at LSU when they won the national championship in 2019. And he started off two and 10 in his first year at Baylor. And now look where Baylor's at compete for big 12 championships. And now, consistently ranked top 10 top 25 um chris Kleiman at kansas state and then pj fleck has been rumored he was oh, uh, i love pj fleck dude pj fleck was asked about the nebraska job in his press conference today by the way there's been five or six coaches who have been asked about the nebraska job already um none of them have denied wanting to come to nebraska but none of them have also said that they want to leave so that's which they're all going to say that Dude, I think people would love P.J. Fleck here. I really do. Dude, I would love okay. P.J. Fleck more if he was at Nebraska. He, he just he sucks at Minnesota, man. Here's my thing about P.J. Fleck, man. I, I hate Minnesota. I hate P.J. Fleck. But gosh darn it, like, Minnesota is winning football games. They're good. Like, they are good. And my- I, I would take P.J. Fleck if he came to Nebraska. I still don't like him, but – what don't you like about PJ Fleck? He's, 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 he's annoying. He's, he's arrogant. arrogant. Well dressed, Brad and, doesn't like no, the fact he, that he's bald. That's it. I hate bald people, man. <laughs> put that, put wow. that on the pod. Mark it down. <laughs> no, it's just I would take PJ Fleck in because he is just a winner. He's a Big Ten coach like Devin wants. Yeah, I mean he could he could succeed with uh, with anybody. I think he's a good coach. Unfortunately. Minnesota. Awesome. I would take PJ Fleck. I would really want to see PJ Fleck, but there's also I want to see. I really don't care who it is. As I want them to come to Nebraska though and squeeze every ounce of talent out of the local high schools. Like get every Nebraska player you can, and build a team about around Nebraska kids and not just focus on the transfer portal. I would I would really like to see something like that, but I haven't looked into any coaching. Uh, speculation yet i think it's going to go on for a really long time before we get any sort of answer it'll be after the the season for sure i think an interesting thing to bring up too is we are the first school on the market this year we have a head start in everyone else and we're the first school with new tv contract money that is now and looking brian for a head coach. Might be on the table. yeah and and brian ference <laughs> is open for the picking um, but That's a good I mean, pick it feels right like there. the stars are aligning right now. <laughs> Listen, we uh, seriously though, we have a clear advantage right now to hire a home run hire of a head coach. We have a new $150 million football facility. That's going to be completed next summer. Amazing facilities already. We have an amazing stadium. We have a program that already makes hundred million dollars a year as is. And now is going to get hundred million dollars a year from the big 10 and TV money. You know, things are set up right for Nebraska right now for Trev Alberts. They can, they can knock this out of the park if they, if they want it. What do you guys think about bringing back Bo? Oh, I don't think that's back, a great man. idea. Is he going to win us nine games? I would love to see Bo again. I love Bo Pelini as a coach. He's- I, I do like defensive coordinators as, as head coaches. I'm, I think it's fun. I think our next I, head coach should be defensive-centric guy. Yeah, I do think Bo would want nothing to do with us. Yeah, after the way that they kind of we kind of wrote him off, even after he had so many successful seasons, I just don't see him – wanting to come back but there was a former nebraska football player that did said he did that did say he was available 
to come coach in Nebraska. And that man is in Domicon Sioux. Do we think he's got a shot? Say say his name again for me. Say his name again for me. No. He's not Donkey Kong, bro. What is that? The Donkey Kong. The Dom- yeah, the Domican. <laughs> you just changed it. You completely just changed it. Jeez. All right, cut that out. Oh, cut that out. Keep that one in the pot. Hey, yeah, so. no, we're not good. Then Domican Sue. There you go. <laughs> All right, fellas. When we start talking about Domican Sue coaching Husker football, I think it is time to move on. <laughs> yes. I, I do want the record to show that I am a PJ Fleck supporter. I really haven't thought about it much until now, but yeah, I think I want PJ Fleck. Thanks for bringing of that in. Are you sure you don't want Kirk Ferentz? You sure you don't want Kirk Ferentz? Dude, Kirk Ferentz, absolutely not. I also okay. <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't think I don't think Trevor would hire PJ Fleck though either. Dude, that's an interesting take. I'm not gonna lie. Can I hear? He, he looks like he cares about the game. Maybe okay. I'm not desensitized to the coach that cares Listen about to this. the game, but like that. PJ Fleck completely rebranded Minnesota football. They they row the freaking boat now. You would not be able to come to Nebraska. Like, you can't rebrand Nebraska football. There's too much tradition in history here. There's also – there's too many eyes on the program. If you go to Minneapolis, the Minnesota football team, yeah, they're a big deal. It's a city of, you know, three million, however many people. So, they're obviously going to have tons of fans. But they're like the seventh biggest news story in the city of Minneapolis when they win a football game. Nebraska wins a football game. It's the biggest story in Nebraska. So You look up up Minnesota on ESPN and they're like – sixth like they're behind the WNBA yeah. team so yeah I, I see I see where you're coming from Max but I wonder if that's more of a if it's not necessarily a brand change but a culture change I think I it has a lot to do with the culture yeah. and I think he has a really good culture it does um, unfortunately but he's an extremely eccentric guy I looked to the words that Trev Alberts used in his press conference this weekend and then Mickey Joseph said the, the same thing today and they said they both said the program is bigger than any one guy and Mickey Joseph said the program is bigger than me PJ Fleck thinks he is bigger than the program he's got a big old bald head and we yeah. don't we don't want that we don't want that here <laughs> Brad hates bald guys. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I, I am uh, Connor I know you're an Iowa fan Yes. Who do you want? Who do you want in Nebraska? Huh? No, it <laughs> no gives honestly, you the I haven't even thought about it. Yeah, I I hope Brian Ferentz, you know, just goes to coach Nebraska, and I, I wish that. him the best of luck. I love that. Petrus have another year of eligibility. He can come. I mean, they'll too. hire Spencer Petrus. <laughs> oh God, he graduates. Oh, that'd be. All right, guys. Speaking of Petrus and how bad the Iowa offense was <laughs> once again, let's get into some week two reaction here. The new AP poll came out. Georgia moves to number one. Uh, Texas A&M fell big. Oregon sneaks back in somehow. I have no idea. I don't know how Texas a and is still ranked either. It's kind of stupid, actually. A um, lot, lot of crazy results this weekend, though. You guys have any reaction to the rankings? Or? I think uh, Georgia should rightly, rightfully be number one. Although Alabama was playing Texas, uh, they were unranked and only win by one point. You don't deserve that number one spot. Uh, I think Georgia will stick out the number one spot for quite a while. Honestly, they look very good. Uh, USC and Oklahoma State. I saw that they both jumped up three spots. Uh, USC is now ranked seventh, and Oklahoma State is now number eight. Uh, I USC love looks good. USC looks very good. Uh, Oklahoma State right now. I think they are the front runner for the. No, Oklahoma's just ahead of them in the Big Twelve by two spots. But Okie State is looking very good. Uh, Kentucky, 
Kentucky jumped up a ton. They went up 11 spots from 20th to 9th uh, after beating Pitt. And then they like, beat Florida. They beat Florida. Game. I thought Big they game. played Pitt. Nope. nope. Tennessee played Pitt. Tennessee jumped oh. up in nine rankings. Okay, okay well, I saw that too. Florida. I'd say you got a lot of fake games every week. <laughs> Dude, I just, games you dreams about, man. No, there's, I, there's too many games going on in my head at once. I'm, like, tying them together. But like Max said, I don't know how A&M stayed ranked. But Max, did you say did you say Texas isn't they're ranked number twenty one? Uh yeah, I, well I was just saying I thought Texas A and M should have been on rank. Oh, but yeah, no, Texas, sorry. Yeah, no, you're good. Texas, yeah, Texas. It's, it's actually the first time I think I've ever seen a team move up after a loss, but probably deservedly so. And I and I completely will agree with you there. It is kind of unheard of. I'm not going to write off Alabama still not being the best team in the nation because I truly think that Texas and Alabama are going to play again this season. It's going to be in the playoff. It's going to be in the playoff. I'm not going to. I'm not going to give. I'm not going to give Texas that much credit. It's going to be a one versus four, and we'll get to see if they can get it done. That's a, that's a very hot take saying yeah. Texas is going to be number four. I think they'll be. I think they'll be. When number, yours, I think they'll be like sixth. I think they'll be top ten, not top. When yours is out four to six weeks, but they do expect him to come back a little bit sooner. Def, he's definitely going to play to the Red River rivalry game, which is in four weeks. Otherwise, Hudson Card is a solid choice as a backup quarterback in today's league. I mean, they so were in have, a they were in a battle too, so they it's were not like and he's, he's not good. And he was split in time with Casey Thompson last season. He, uh, so I I think Texas is going to be just fine. I think what their team showed on Saturday is going to translate for the rest of the season. It's going to motivate them if they want a shot to play Alabama again and to get that revenge. They're going to need to win out and win out big to have their shot against them in the playoffs. No, never mind, because the Rose Bowl is Pac-12 and Big Ten. Well, it depends if the if it's a playoff year for the, the Rose Bowl. Otherwise, it's just a Correct. Team. Yeah, which yeah. I don't know if it is this year, actually, but yeah. I could see I could see them facing off again as one and four. Yeah, I mean, sure. Texas looked really I good. I mean, Iowa, too, if we're just getting into the – oh, yeah, go ahead. I want to get into the Iowa-Iowa State, like the best game that happened last week, man. That was fun. This, it was the best football game I've ever seen in my life. You get three fumbles on the one yard line. That is pure entertainment. But are you talking about the Broncos game yesterday, or no, I'm talking about both? <laughs> what a great weekend for! for <laughs> it was just unheard of this week. Yeah, I think it's this has to be one of the most rare stats in the history of college football. Probably the only time it's ever happened. Starting QB Spencer Petrus, his QBR this week was twelve times better than last week. Twelve times. Wow. I don't oh, think that's yeah. pretty good, Max. I think that's nope. insane. He went I mean twelve point one QBR. My goodness. He's just on the up. He's gonna be twelve times better next week, too. Damn, then he'd be a hundred and wise starting next week. It's it was just a, a very disappointing game and it's just it's very hard to watch, especially when you have two blocked punts and uh three other turnovers, I think, and you still lose the game. Something needs to change. Connor, do you yeah, think I, Real quick, Connor, do you think the bigger problem right now is Petrus or Brian Ferentz? To be honest, I think it's Petrus, but I think it's a combination of both. Brian Ferentz has proven to be a bad offensive coordinator over the last five years, but Kirk Ferentz is too stubborn to do anything. So that's why he won't. That's why I think he won't uh, sub in the backup because he wants to prove everyone wrong. But Petrus just sucks. So. I don't think he's going to do it. Headley, you had something? Oh, I was just really wanting to know 
I mean, I don't know what it is, but if there's – they blocked two punts in that game. I'm pretty sure that the percentage of a chance you get to win a game when you block a punt is like 70%, something like that. How many teams have lost a game after blocking two punts? Like, has that ever happened? I would really I, like to know. Probably not. I would, I would be very curious to know the exact answer to that one. Over the last two weeks, there's somebody been a lot on the Twitter could hit us up with that done. answer. That'd be great. Yeah, I mean, Iowa, you know, 150 yards of total offense. I mean, if you do the math, you know, it's good enough for a touchdown, which they got. They did score a touchdown. They did score a touchdown. And it Credit was where it is due. I think it was like two minutes of the game or whatever. Guys, how about that last drive by Iowa State to go down and That was a grinder of a drive. 21 plays. What was it, 98 yards? Something like that. Like about, eight, eight minutes. minutes. Like five on the one drives. Line, I, I mean, that was remarkable. I was going to yeah, say, how was... many third down conversions did they have? They had like, they were like seven six or seven. Or seven. I think they yeah. had seven that drive. That insane. Yeah, on the day, uh, Iowa, so Iowa went three of 11 from third down. Iowa State went 10 of 20. 20 third downs. You know, 50% on like the day. Seven of them were in the last drive. Yeah. Hell of a drive. Hell of a drive. It was. And especially against that Iowa defense, too. I mean, we can make fun of the Iowa offense all we want, but the dog eye defense is legit. Iowa is a top 70 offense away from being a pretty good football team. <laughs> Dude, that, that defense is so good and you like have to think about all the strain that their offense is putting on the defense with those yeah. short possessions not much time running off the clock if they had better t- clock management management with an offense that defense would be beaten yeah something needs to change they are dead last in the country in off in total offense yeah sad and not I even you should just start running the wildcat exclusively just take <laughs> any player put him behind center and have him run for his life after he gets the snap we need to get our quarterback, Cooper DeGene, who played quarterback in high school. Start you know, another crazy thing is, too, Charlie Jones transfers to uh, to Purdue and is now leading the nation yeah. in receiving. I mean, it's, man, talk about a weapon that you guys had, and it just went to waste. Oh, yeah. this kind of sounds like Adrian Martinez at K-State, Max. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but Adrian Martinez has the fifth lowest QBR in all of college football right now. But, hey, 2-0. and yep, yep. He's a game Double manager. Effort. Tell me different. Well, last year, Peter started off the year uh, 6-0, and and we all see what happened now. So, it doesn't mean Adrian much. Also, Adrian also has one of the best running backs in college football. This is true. Kansas State. Wait, Kansas State. Kansas State will look good. I mean, Dude, I don't know. All I got to say is that Adrian Martinez looks like Adrian Martinez. He only has, like, 150 pass yards in two games, and I think he's below 50% on completion. So, I don't think – He's changed at all. I don't think he's helping out Kansas State as much as people might think. I mean, he hasn't really had to do much, and he's winning. That has to feel so good for him. <laughs> all that matters is they're still undefeated, and we're not. Headley, that's a good point because he had to do everything in Nebraska, and we lost. And now he has to do practically nothing, and they're going to win a lot of games. I bet he is in a healthy, healthy state right now. I mean, he just – I can't imagine the stress last year. Well, now it's over for him, and it's over for Scott Frost. So. Um, how about, guys, some of the upsets over the weekend? Appalachian State upsetting Texas A&M. Marshall upsets Notre Dame. Two Sunbelt teams going into the big-time programs, top 10 teams, and, and getting wins. Uh, really impressive stuff there. These are the upsets we love to see in college football. Texas A&M is not looking good, and Marcus Freeman is 0-3 at Notre Dame. A couple crazy storylines. Uh, something I 
I thought was funny uh, to add in here. What about Appalachian State for the Natty this year, guys? They already have a loss. Okay, but they are looking great. I know last week uh, no. they won both their games by three points. Hey, it doesn't matter. They're taking they're looking down. Dumb. They're taking down. I think they gave up like teams. sixty points one week. Yeah. To North yeah. Carolina. I was gonna say I, I think their I think their defense is starting to get it together to where they can maybe be a top fifteen school if they can still hold it together. But yeah, giving up 60, 63 points to North Carolina and and then turning around and somehow only allowing what was it thirteen to Texas A and M. Texas A and M was seventeen fourteen. A and M's offense so far is bad. Yeah, they yeah, might be able to win the Sun Belt, but let's slow down with the national championship. Hey, Sun, Belt, yeah, Sun Belt, that's pretty I'd, much winning the Natty, man. Come on. If, <laughs> if Scott Frost and you and UCF could go 13-0 and and still not be ranked in the top four, they I just – I don't – title that year. Yeah. <laughs> the, a self-proclaimed national title. The only thing Scott Frost has ever done in his coaching career. You basically – I just – Well, and drive Nebraska into the ground. It was already pretty bad when he arrived, so I'm not gonna say he did much more driving than he just kept. He just kept it on the. He just kept it on the road while it was going down. I don't know if he kept it on the road. <laughs> he is historically one of the worst Power Five coaches all time, statistically. Oh yeah, uh, oh, I yeah. would say I'm happy for App State being Texas A&M. That's crazy. But on top of that, College Game Day is going to Boone for the first time ever. So um, I don't know if you crazy. guys saw the celebration after them beating Texas A&M, but saw it today, and it was insane. So I'm excited to see what uh, what Boone can bring and what the App State fans can bring to College Game Day. I think they got a lot of hype and a lot of momentum right now, and I'm, I'm excited to see if they carry it on or if they just kind of fall apart. So I, I don't think they're going to be top 10 by the end of the year, even if they went out. I think they're going to be a top 15 just because of the size of their school. But, uh, yeah, their defense finally – Finally did something, and they're, they're starting to look look really good. Yeah, I think Appalachian State has a lot of potential this year. I mean, they've been ranked in the top 25 the last few years, you know, a week or so, or for longer than that even. A good football program, that's for sure. Um, and on the other note, I feel bad for Marcus Freeman starting 0-3 now at, at Notre Dame. They play Cal this week, so maybe Marcus can get a win, but tough for them. Guys, how about that BYU-Baylor game? Double overtime. Um, impressive win for BYU. Not gonna lie. Yeah, we all picked that. I didn't watch that game. I was, I was just say, so upset about the Husker game. I didn't even watch it. I was uh, very upset about the Huskers. I was very tired. I didn't get to watch that game, but I did pick um, Baylor to to win. So that kind of hurts. But BYU, they they must be legit, man. They must be legit. I know that game uh, busted both of Max's parlays, right? Three. Parlays. Three parlays. It was, wow. uh, I had a two leg, five leg, that four leg. Tough. and That's just a poor coaching decision, though. You don't want to put all your eggs in that last. Well, when I was doing it, I did not even realize. I was like picking these parlays and I'm like, I like all these games. And I was right about every single other game except for that one, which really hurt. Really See, bad. Yeah, no, that's decision. a bad beat. That's what a bad beat is. That was uh, a bad beat. Thank you guys for uh, notifying me, notifying me what a bad beat is. Appreciate You're it. welcome. You're welcome. I am liking our chances for this weekend's lineup, though, in terms of what we got for spreads. I think it's a really solid, easy money lineup going on. Oh wow! You okay, here, everyone, put your money on where Devin's mouth is. This that's week. what Vegas wants you to say, Devin. Yeah. That's exactly what they want. 
I just think some of these are like, too, they're almost too good to be true. But, you know, if we're getting right into it. That's never a good sign. I looked over today and I didn't, I didn't think look too I good. Think no, I think Nevada at plus 23 is one of the easiest bets I've ever had to make. I don't think I was going to put up 23 points. Devin, I think that was scary. On I would not touch that. On it. I'm scared of that, dude. I'm it's so like, scared was, of that line. Iowa's offense is so bad. I feel like it has to be an anomaly. Like it can't happen for three weeks in a row. It's. it's I'm. Long. I'm putting it down, and I'm expecting a win. Hundred bucks. Put hundred bucks on it. I just might. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. I'll be. I'll be down in New Orleans, a I big mean, up and coming sports betting part of the part of the U.S. So I'm. I'm going to be spending a lot of money down there this weekend. They gave up fifty-five points to Incarnate Word last week. So. Incarnate Word also helped. Hung in there with Alabama last year for a little bit. So I'm not writing them off. I actually don't know that that's true. Carnet Word did come to Lincoln and beat Nebraska in basketball a couple years ago, too. Bring it up, Incarnate Word. Devin, I don't know that Incarnate Word hung with Alabama. I feel like I would have. I remember the Citadel tied with Alabama 10 to 10. I think they did for, for just a little bit. Well, that doesn't say much. Either way, 23 yeah. points when, when Iowa hasn't scored. That many points in this whole season? That's true. That's true. That's true. Yeah, like, come on. This is their worst, Incarnate their worst Word. So far. I, it looks like Incarnate Word has never played on Alabama. Well, you're right. I was thinking of Citadel, so I will own up to that. I was wrong. <laughs> regardless, regardless, I'm taking Nevada to cover that 23. Respectable. Well, we will get into uh, some of our picks and locks in a bit. Um, I'll just go over some of the other notable Results of the weekend, so we can move on from this. But uh, Kentucky looked really good against Florida, guys. 26-16 win. Uh, Mark Stoops has got a good program going on there. Not easy to win at the Swamp. Just ask Utah. Tennessee beats Pitt in overtime. Well, I mean, yeah. They jumped jump 20 spots last week. I knew they were frauds. Um, I got that one right. Just let the record show. Wait, which one are you talking about? Kentucky, uh, Kentucky over Florida. That's fair, Hadley. I think we might have been – that might have been a big jump on a, on a Florida team that – you know, they can't take much stock in the week one rankings. They are saying that Florida's quarterback is projected to be one of the top quarterbacks in the draft this year. So I will don't, write them, don't write them off just yet. I did see I, him and Will Levis before they played this weekend. They're talking about them being two of the top quarterbacks in college football right now. I can see not that. the two, but not the two best, but up there. Um, Tennessee beat Pitt 34 27 overtime. Tennessee's off to a really good start in the season. Some other big games. So Houston falls to Texas Tech. Wisconsin upset by Washington State. Guys, the Big Ten West looked great week one, and now all of a sudden, not so good. It's insane and to me. Like our poor teams still have a chance. That's that's insane to me that Wisconsin got upset, but I still I wouldn't write them off quite yet. Uh, Kansas a two and zero start. They have the number one scoring offense in college football right now, which is insane. They had an overtime win against West Virginia. Love to see the Jayhawks doing good. Kansas under for season wins does not look good right now. Yep. Hey, and if we could play that podcast, did I not say that? <laughs> uh, you you were you didn't say it confidently. You might have thrown it out there a couple times, but <laughs> no one knew that Kansas would ever win two wins without losing a game. Hey man, that's crazy. K- Kansas high school might just turn into Kansas JUCO. I don't know. They're pretty close. Might go to the. NFL I mean, there is still a chance that the under hits this year. Yeah, it very easily so good. Uh, I would pass Kansas, I'll tell you that. Um, USC looks really good already. I think Lincoln Riley has that program already 
going strong, which is actually pretty impressive. I know it's Lincoln Riley, it's USC. They had a great transfer portal recruitment. They had a great recruitment class, but they looked really good. K-State looks good, I think. Big win over Mizzou. Deuce Vaughn, their defense looks good. But with that, I think we can get in the tank of the week this week, guys. Let's go. Headley, this is your favorite segment. It was your idea. Why don't you start us off? My tank of the week is actually not a game or a team this week. It is the refs calling a roughing the passer on a safety for the Texas-Alabama game. That was an absolute (laughs) tank of a call. I watch it back, and I, I don't know how you could ever call that roughing the passer or try to frame it as targeting. That is a safety. It changed the game. Awful call. Absolute tank. Headley, I think that's a great tank of the week. I thought that was a, a god-awful call. The game they lose by one awful point. I mean, jeez. I've watched it probably ten times, and I can't find a reason to think that that's roughing the passer. I mean, what do you guys think of that? It was an awful call. I don't understand how they even threw the flag there. And then they tried to call targeting at the same time. Like, there was no there's no head-to-head in that entire play at all. I don't understand where that came from. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we were all just pretty much in shock when we were watching that because we were all kind of freaking Justin out. Johnson was in shock. Yeah. It kind of looked like they were just trying to give Alabama credit for being down to Texas at that point. Like, I don't know if they were trying to turn the game up for them or what, but that was terrible. I've never seen anything like that. I mean, Bryce Young gets a commercial with Dr. Pepper Fansville, and now all of a sudden he's getting all these calls. It just is sad for the sport. Yeah, I thought it was one of the worst calls that I've actually ever seen. I don't know where that ref was looking. Um, for my tank of the week, Utah State played Weber State. Utah State played paid Weber State $400,000 to come play them. It's an FCS school, and Utah State got smoked. Weber State won 35-7 to at Utah wow. State. It is one of the worst FCS to FBF, FBS losses uh, that I think I've ever seen. Weber State had 200 yards rushing, 200 yards passing. They had 9.2 yards per carry. Balanced offense. They dominated the game. It was a true blowout. And they got paid $400,000 to do it. That's my Utah State is my tank of the week. That's crazy. I didn't know that game even happened, honestly. I didn't um, either. My tank of the week. I would say Nebraska, but we all kind of expect that. Um, I'm going with Texas A&M. I mean, they were all, they had a lot of praise at the beginning of the season. Started off, what were they, up to sixth when they lost? Was that, what, was that right? Yep. Appalachian State might be pretty good, but you got to win that game for Texas A&M. I mean, uh, did you guys know about the, the Texas A&M yell squad before this week? Because I did not. The midnight no. chance. I did, I did know about that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, how are they still doing that? That is awful. They just have like a comic. They have a comic go up, and they have like it's like a practice for cheering. I don't. It's awful, and it made me consider making Texas A&M University student body my tank of the week. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Okay. Well, my tank of the week is the Colorado Buffaloes getting beat by Air Force forty-one to ten, and that's purely just because I dislike Colorado. I I think their fans are really crappy. Uh, when I went back in, what was that, 2019 to the game when Nebraska played there, one of the worst fan experiences I've ever had going to, a, going to a game. And for them to just have the Air Force walk in there and get just stomp all over them, absolutely ridiculous. Uh, my tank of the week is going to be Notre Dame uh, losing to Marshall. 
looking at it now, uh, Notre Dame, I believe, was ranked eighth going into that game. And now they are receiving 23 votes. They are outside of the top 25. Uh, that bo- that boosted Marshall up a ton. They are now uh, the 26th team in the country. I don't think Notre Dame is legit. Um, I hope they stay out of the top 20. Or I don't think they'll make it back in the top 10 at this point. They'd be lucky to be in the top 15 at the end of the season if they can turn things around. I just don't understand how Nor- Notre Dame hangs in with Ohio State for the majority of that football game and then turns around and just gets beat by Marshall. I was really confident. Do you I was know really how? confident that it's Notre Dame exact, was going to win that game. Devin, it is the exact same issue Nebraska had last year. It's how you lose close games. They have an offense that sucks and can't finish drives, and they have a phenomenal defense. Well, then Notre Dame should get ahead of the curve and kick that guy out of their head coaching job <laughs> before, it's, before it's too late. <laughs> Brad, what you got? Yeah, I'm going to say, well, I had a tank of the week before, but – I refuse to have the same tank of the week as Isaiah. My original was Notre Dame getting upset by Marshall, but I am going to say Notre Dame is a textbook tank. You know, that is by the definition. of I know, but I'm going to say what's very close second is it's got to be Nebraska getting upset by Georgia Southern. We were a 23 point favorite as well. Um, 23 point favorite and Georgia Southern literally walked into Memorial and sent scott frost home packing without a job the next day so i think it's it's got to be um nebraska getting upset unfortunately hate to do it to us but it is, it is funny because you guys there was the three sunbelt wins over there versus the 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 power five teams and uh combined notre dame texas a&m and nebraska paid those schools combined uh, $4.17 million. That's awesome. all. I believe all the uh, favorites were in the twenties too. Yeah. Us, yeah. unfortunately having the best like favorite, the like, biggest line. Yeah. Biggest line. So yeah. Some got a great payday there. Some showed up. They did power conference, power conference. Who knows? Maybe all right, guys. Power six. Let's get, yeah. True. So right now honorary uh, power six is Sunbelt. Let's get into our week three previews. We can run through these. So first, uh, number 12, BYU at number 25, Oregon. I don't think it should be a number 25, Oregon, personally. But fair enough, they're ranked. They are, and again, Vegas, they're three and a half point favorites, guys. That was one of these, when there's a few of them this week, that was one of the shocking lines to me that Oregon is favored in this game because I thought BYU played a really good game against what I think is a really good Baylor team. You are I actually breaking the Vegas computer, man. I don't know what these spreads have been up, but they they know something we don't. That is true. Um, I actually have this as my game of the week. Uh, I think it'd be very interesting just because of the fact that Oregon is favored. And like Max said, BYU played a very good Baylor team. I think Baylor still has a chance to compete uh, for the Big 12 championship. So I, I think this will be the game of the week this week, uh, just to kind of see – you know, if Oregon's legit or if BYU is really as good as they uh, are on paper. Boys, I think we got an Oregon uh, closet fan here. Yeah. Hey, it's I like the third say, week in a row. I will say, uh, I'm like, what, what was the last NCAA? Like NCAA 13. Uh, Oregon was my favorite team to play with just because of the uh, amount of jerseys they have. Doesn't surprise me. Seems like something you wouldn't do. That is definitely something Isaiah would do. I love I love the team because of the jerseys. Okay, dude. <laughs> okay. Hey, I, I also got a shout out for Schwer. You know, Schwer team. 
Headley, did you have anything for this game? I know you seem pretty puzzled by that one. I'm going to agree with Isaiah on this one. I I like Oregon here. I actually bet on this game. I think Oregon's going to win. All right. Okay. I will also I agree with Isaiah and Jacob. I think Oregon's going to win. I mean, it's hard to judge them off of Georgia. You know, it is. That's just, yeah. I think it's we have a unfair. couple. We have a couple sneaky games this week where there are some teams that are higher ranked but not favored based off the competition that the team before us played. And uh, we will definitely get into one of those, which is on our previews, which is quite interesting, although we have two of them, actually. Our next one, though, mm-hmm. Penn State at Auburn. This, this is a rematch from last year. Uh, the game was a wideout in State College, PA. Penn State goes in as two-and-a-half-point favorites. I think that is about the line I would have said. I think it could be a low-scoring slugfest. I don't know that Sean Clifford is going to have a lot um, in that kind of environment. Um, but I think it's going to be a really interesting Big Ten SEC game. I agree. Um, I think Penn State has more to prove here than uh, Auburn does, honestly, just because Penn State's ranked and Auburn isn't. Granted, Auburn, you know, they're normally top 25 team. Uh, I think there's more here for Penn State to prove than there is for Auburn. I will never count out an Auburn football team based solely on the fact that they hang close with Alabama every year in the Iron Bowl. If they would just play like that every game, they would be one of the most destructive teams in college football. So I, I is your metric I, today how well teams play against Alabama? Just, no, not nece- not necessarily, but Alabama is a great, great football program, <laughs> and Auburn is always just right in the pack in terms of how they're playing in the yeah. SEC. Yeah, I'm excited I'm so, for I'm it. Super excited about this game. I'm gonna be cheering for Penn State to represent the Big Ten versus the SEC. I really hope they take care of business. Yeah, me too. I'm excited, but I don't know. It's gonna be close. I think Auburn having that home field advantage might might take Penn State out, but who knows? Yeah, I'm I'm with you, Edley. I'm gonna be rooting for Penn State to uh, win this game, go Big Ten. Um, they did it last year. I think they can do it again. This game's also a 2:30 game on CBS, which is kind of nice. It's the best jingle in all of sports, so that's fun. Um, but that's gonna be that's gonna be a big time game, big time atmosphere in Auburn. Brian Harson, Auburn head coach, is another guy on the hot seat. So big game for him. What's that jingle? Can you do oh, it? The uh, the CBS college football jingle. It is. It, yeah, can well, you do it? can I helmet do it or anything? Do it. That's a yeah, that's a really funny headline because that's not gonna do happen. Do the jingle. Do, do the hum. Do, do the, the hum. Do the jingle. Do the, thing. do the roar. Do the roar. <laughs> <laughs> you like? Yeah, dude. Just like hum the jingle. Do, do it for the fans, man. Do it for the fans. Come on, Come on Max. You ready? Yeah, yeah. So next we got a very intriguing Michigan State-Washington <laughs> matchup. This was one of those ones I know you guys were talking about where the – Is the this a typo? That, I'll put out a petition. <laughs> I'll, hold on. I'll put out a petition for us to not move on until you do the jingle. I, I, I want to do hear the jingle too. I, I second that. Do you actually want to hear the jingle? jingle? We want to hear the jingle. We would love don't, to hear the don't jingle. Don't try to pull a quick – no, no, no. Don't look it up on YouTube. I see you – I'm looking to, it up. I'm not looking it up. That's cat, bro. <laughs> you're just doing it just to remember. To I need to hear. I need to hear the sweet hums of Max Gazella do it. <laughs> Come on, bro. We're gonna get copyright. Guys, the ad is playing. Give me a second. <laughs> He's gonna play it through his headset. Oh. Talk about how great the jingle is. He doesn't even know the jingle. Yeah, I'm not taking. I'm not taking the video for it. <laughs> I don't hear it. Is it going? <laughs> Wait, can you guys not hear it? No, no you're just staring at the oh. camera. Something. That was like, you guys know the video with Mike Leach when he's playing the air raid siren? 
that was that. It was okay, actually, everybody was... could not see that, but Max was just smiling, looking at the camera with this. Phone I couldn't believe you guys couldn't hear it. Wait, wait, wait. Let me try it again. It. Let me try it again. I don't think you have your audio shared, probably. No, he has it on his phone. Oh, it's on his phone. I guess you just got to do it, Max. We can't we hear got it. Nothing. You got to hum it. You got to hum it, man. Oh, dang. That's weird. Wait, can you guys hear me right now? Yeah, we yeah. got you. Dude, I have my phone like blasting. <laughs> well, it's not picking up the audio. Yes, it, you got to hum it. Your, your headset knows you too well. You've already heard it like three times. I know the jingle. It's a phenomenal jingle. Do okay. the jingle. I don't know the jingle, so I want to know what it is. Look it up, bro. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. We can move on. We yeah, can move all right. On. Yeah. On to a really good game here. <laughs> Between, uh, okay, anyway. <laughs> this is one that I was talking about earlier, Max. Wait, what game, Devin? Did we move on? No. Michigan State and Washington. You Wait, I never up. introduced it. Yes, you did. Before you brought Brad, it up. Before Brad came in and said, I petitioned to not do that shit. All right, guys. You know what? Isaiah... You're in for a long fucking night tomorrow night. Let's restart the week three preview. BYU, Oregon. <laughs> Michigan State, Washington. We got a dogfight here this weekend, boys. I am really I am excited Mich- for this game. I'm, I am I'm Michigan shocked. State's going to cover easily. I'm shocked that Washington is uh, three and a half point favorites. I, Absolutely I have, shocked. It, it blows my mind because Washington finished – and I, I thought to myself, maybe they're favored based off of historically because Washington's been like a middle of the pack, better Pac-12 team in recent years. But they went four and eight last year. New head and coach. their two games, new head coach, and their two games this. Okay, you're, you're, that's fair. Do they play Alabama? Their, their <laughs> two games this year, they actually don't play Alabama. Did they? Did they? No, they haven't. Oh, so they can't so, be a good team. Listen, listen. they're bad. They haven't played Alabama. All right, move on. That's what I'm saying. There are two games this year. They played Kent State, which they won 45 to 20, and then Portland State, which they won 52 to 6. I just don't see anything there this year that shows them they can beat Michigan State. I feel like Michigan State in their first two games has had two equal results. You know what I mean? And that's where I talk about the rankings. I think Michigan State's just a better program with, you know, with Mel Tucker coming in there. I think they are in a much better position than Washington to be favored by three and a half. I just, I, I'm baffled by that. I, I almost think that's a lock for Michigan State to come in there and, and they're going to win by 10 plus. So I actually have in my notes. The day, Vegas always knows more than us though. So you got to be careful with those. Um, I have in my notes here that apparently Michigan State has a lot to prove the fact that, you know, they're the 11th ranked team and they are underdogs to a team that's not ranked. And like Max said, new head coach, new quarterback. I'm honestly baffled by it because, you know, I kind of dogged on Michigan State to start the season saying, like, I thought they were ranked too high. But I think three and a half, like Devin said, is a lock. I think Michigan State will easily cover three and a half points. I completely disagree. I think, and I said this preseason, Michigan State is overrated this year. Last year, Michigan State had the dead last worst pass defense in the country. Dead last, Michigan State did. But they They beat Michigan. They did, barely. Got built out by Kenneth Walker. They got absolutely murdered by Ohio State. Absolutely murdered. Uh, Kalen DeBoer 
comes in as the new Washington head coach who's at Fresno State for the last two seasons. We know how good Fresno State was for the last two seasons. They made appearances in the AP poll. He has off, uh, Washington offense rolling pretty good. New quarterback, Indiana transfer, Michael Penix has experience and is also really good. I don't think Michigan State's a bad team, but I think they are overrated. I, I do not. They don't have Kenneth Walker this year. Their, their past defense is still shown times, especially against Western Michigan, that it's not all that great still. I think the Huskies could expose the Spartans. Yeah, I agree, Max. I don't I don't think Michigan State's going to blow them out by any means, but I think it, it's going to be a really close game, especially being in Washington. And Penix is a good quarterback, and he has experience playing against Michigan State. So I think it's going to be a really good game. But when, I I said, when I said I think they'll cover easily, I think it's going to be like a 10-point game, which you know obviously is covering that three-and-a-half-point spread easily. I do think it'll be a dogfight, but I think in the fourth quarter, Michigan State will pull ahead. I think Michigan State's going to walk out of there by 14-plus. I Listen, I think Washington's a good football team. I think Kalen DeBoer is a great head coach. He's another one of those guys, like I said, with Lance Leipold at Kansas. He's just a winner, okay, between NAIA, a group of five schools, now at Washington. He is 81-9 and nine as a head coach, as a football head coach. Now he's at Washington. He's one of those guys that knows how to run a football program. And I think he has Washington headed in the right direction very quickly. Yes, we move on to the Miami-Texas A&M game? Yes. We Ooh. absolutely can. So, number 13, Miami at number 24, Texas A&M. The Aggies are favored by five and a half. Another line that kind of surprises me, I think A&M's offense has really struggled so far. Their quarterback, Haynes King, has a 33 QBR on the season. I don't know. I, I like my. I think I like Miami this game. And I wasn't high on Miami coming into the season, but I'm just a lot lower on A&M now than I was. Honestly, my second um, pick for game of the week, just because it is two uh, ranked opponents coming head to head. The reason I didn't pick them as a, you know, the, t- the game of the week is because, like Max said, A&M's offense does not look very good to start out the season. And Miami, you know, past couple years before, they weren't even in the top 25. And to see, I think they're 13. Yeah, they're ranked 13 now. And I'm excited to see what they can do. Uh, I think they have a lot that they can prove here in this game uh, to be a contender in the ACC. And, you know, hopefully when they go up against Clemson, they can put up a dogfight. Uh, I think it'd be a very good game. But I still don't think A&M should be favored in this game. I'm very surprised by the spread. Yeah, I think that's probably the sentiment that we are all thinking about that one. I'm looking forward to that one, too. It's an 8 p.m. start on the ESPN, so... That'll be a fun, kind of late night game. Uh, last, we can move on. We'll do, we can touch on the Oklahoma Nebraska game quick. So, you know, this is an interesting one. The Sooners are favored by 11 and a half. I think another kind of surprising line this week. Vegas is kind of throwing some tricks at us, I think. I think the Huskers have a chance. They're, you know, the offense can score. I don't know. This is one of the games where it's not much to say. It's just going to be, man, we'll see how Mickey Joseph and the team comes out. And I just want to see him compete and play hard, maybe with a better special teams, you know. Which is what cost us last year, then go and get the job done. I don't think Oklahoma's invisible by any means. Yeah, ahead, this is one of those games where you think, oh, yeah, the betting, but betting the Oklahoma spreads a lock. You know, they just fired their head coach. Like, they're the whole week that for, they, for them to prepare is going to be in shambles. But unfortunately, I don't see it that way. I think Nebraska plays it close. I don't necessarily think I, that we're going to win, but I think we're going to see something similar to last year where it was, you know, a game in the mid 20s where Oklahoma might pull it out. But the game is in Lincoln this year, so I think that might have an effect as well. So it's going to be a close one. 
So I respectfully disagree, Devin. The way that I've seen Nebraska play this year, yes, the offense has been very good compared to how we've been in the past, you know, three or four years. But our defense is just awful. And I think that, you know, if teams like Southern or Georgia Southern can exploit our defense, what is number six ranked Oklahoma going to do? I'm just – I'm very concerned about this game. Uh, I think 11.5 point spread should be a slap in the face to Oklahoma. I think it should be around, you know, 15 to 20 point spread going into this, just seeing how Nebraska's played this year. And, you know, having Mickey Joseph as a new uh, head coach after Scott Frost being fired – it's going to be tough for the Scurves. Uh, it's going to be very hard for them to, you know, kind of prove themselves in this game. We got a lot of work to do if we want to even be a contender to possibly win this game. And while I while I see and agree that I'm gonna I'm gonna counter off with my point that I said earlier that Nebraska plays to the level of competition that their opponent brings to the table. We haven't played a ranked opponent yet this year we haven't played an opponent where everybody was thinking going into the week that we were going to lose so I think this is going to be one of those games where Nebraska just shocks you and just says wow like maybe we're actually pretty good because Nebraska plays well against whoever they're playing they just finish they can't score when it matters and so I I think it's going to be a dogfight I I really hope that happens Devin I really do but I'm just I'm kind of down on Nebraska right now just after that game, after that ending. I don't know. I'm to the point where we've seen that for two years. Um, so I'm not going to think that anymore until we start seeing these games go our way. I think Oklahoma's probably going to cover this 11.5 point spread. We'll talk about it when we do our predictions at the end. But um, our defense is just so bad. So that's the only thing I'll say about our game. I think uh, a lot of... I think all Husker fans are kind of in the same spot where it sucks that we don't have a coach and it's week three, but at the same time, there's still nine more games. And at the end of the day, we love football. So I'm really looking forward to the game. I think it's going to be fun. I bet Lincoln is going to be a blast on Saturday. I think it's no stress, no, no expectations. Everyone's just going to go have a good time. I don't really care how the game goes. I, I'm going to look forward to watching it. Uh, score prediction is sixty-three to sixty-nine, Nebraska. <laughs> Ten and two is still in the still in the play there. I think those are some good points, Headley. I think uh, I think Lincoln is going to be rocking. I think it's going to be an awesome atmosphere. There's no pressure. People are just going to be having like genuine fun. This, yeah. they're not going to be worried about a code. They're going to be having fun at the football game. Yeah, and, and there's there's no expectations left for the season. There's no pressure. There's nothing. It's just go out there, leave it all on the field, leave it all on your seat in Memorial Stadium, and cheer loud. It's just. Uh, it's almost like a celebration of the end of a god-awful era of Husker football. <laughs> I think that. after the game, even if they lose, people are going to be able to say, we lost, but our guys tried hard and I had fun at the game. And nobody's ever been that healthy of a fan at Nebraska in a long time. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I agree. I think Lincoln will be a good time, uh, no matter the outcome on Saturday. Just kind of a breath of fresh air getting rid of Frost. Also, on the call, Gus Johnson and Joel Klatt, it is always a privilege to be able to hear them announce a Nebraska football game. So, we've been waiting on this one, man. We've been yep. waiting on this one. Big noon kickoff is going to be there. Urban is going to be in the house. Uh, like you said, Headley, you put it good. I am really excited for this game. Don't care what the circumstances is. Super excited. With we that, good preview. What was that, Headley? We love football. Football loves me. Sounds like there a nice, healthy life. relationship. There was uh, one game. 
we don't we didn't have listed on our week three preview that I think will be interesting. Uh, number twenty, Mississippi, uh, tees off with Georgia Tech. I think that would be a pretty good matchup. George, Mississippi's ranked twentieth. Uh, Georgia Tech normally is a decent team. I think it'll be a good game. I think. What it'll be a good are you game. talking Dude, about right now? That is just a basic. Nobody, nobody saw, but Isaiah's the one trying to push us to move on, and he's bringing up Georgia Tech versus Mississippi. Who are you talking about? Bro, you could have said well, Mississippi I, State. I like LSU. that game. I think it. Let's, I think it ends in a tie, 69-69. You could have well, said I, Texas uh, Tech, NC State. I I vote to move on. Let's let's well, move I, on after that atrocious can, take. You can edit this part out. While I agree that that's going to be a good game, it's irrelevant. I think Georgia Tech, like. Didn't they almost beat Clemson last year? They did beat Clemson last year. It was close. I, everyone else played them at the beginning last year. Yeah. Yeah. I think they played them first game of the year, and the final score was like 7 3. Yeah. Regardless, much. unless they're playing a school that's like top 10 where they have a chance to upset, <laughs> it's irrelevant. That was Georgia, by the way. They played, and it was 7 3 at the beginning of the year. Right. Right. Yep. I think they did play Georgia Tech later in the season, though. Yeah. Clemson and Georgia Tech did play last year, and it was a really close game. I think it was 17 to 10. Um, but everyone lost very closely to Clemson last year. They played the first game of the year this year. It was kind of they close. did. Um, great preview there, though, guys. I think there's they are there's a lot of interesting games again this week. A lot of interesting lines as well. Some games that we didn't touch on that should be really good. Uh, Texas Tech, NC State's one of those. But now we can get into our predictions this week. Starting with our locks of the week is uh is Ben in on the on this? Yeah. So I was actually going to introduce this. Uh, this is our special. Uh, thing for you guys this week we have a special little friend yep we have a guest picker this week um we're gonna be introducing this every week um if you guys would like to be featured as a guest picker dm us either on twitter or instagram and we will work on getting you in the cast i know brad's been working hard on trying to find people um and yeah if you guys want to you know be a part of this reach out to us uh we'll hopefully get you in at least one time this season I know we have a lineup of people that have asked us already to do this, but if you would like to let us know and we'll figure something out with you guys. But yeah, thanks again for Ben joining us today. How you doing, Ben? I'm good. Can you guys hear me okay? Oh, yeah. yeah. Hey, welcome awesome. to the podcast. Awesome. Hey, it's, it's a pleasure to be here. I cannot thank you guys enough for having me on. This is awesome. Hey, the pleasure's ours, man. Yeah, thanks for hopping on the call. The fans can hear you, so just be worrisome. Oh, yeah, I'm ready. This, this is guy our is- special little friend, Ben. <laughs> This guy's got a better mic than Headley. Holy shit. Make a wish kid back. <laughs> is my is my mic rough right now or what? No, it sounds fantastic. Okay. Yeah, I got good. I get confused. Whenever I'm on Discord calls, it sounds terrible. So no, you sound good, man. Perfect, Zoom perfect. All right. Ben, do you have do you have a lock of the week and and a lock of the week? week? All right. So I was I've been listening in on you guys talking recently. So I think Michigan State is an absolute lock of the week. I think that is a game Thank that you. you would be silly not to put your money on that. Thank you. Another one that I cannot believe that the line is as close as it is, is the Miami Texas. I thought, well, the fact Texas A&M is favored is ridiculous to me. I think Miami should be favored. I like that take. I also like that take. Those are, those are my two from, locks, from listening to you guys talk. Yeah. Those are my two locks is Miami and the Michigan state. And this guy's I like better this. Takes I mean, than I do. Those are solid picks. Uh, my lock of the week, I think it's tough this week because there's a lot of weird lines to get a read on. Um, but if there's one thing I know, it's that Nick Say hated his team's performance last week, and he's going to do everything in his power to take out all of this rage and anger on Louisiana Monroe. I like Alabama 
minus 49 on Louisiana That's Monroe. That's a really good bet. I think Nick Saban I is like pissed right now. <laughs> Bryce Young is going to be mistake-free, and if anyone on their defense makes a mistake, they might get the guillotine. So I think the Crimson Tide destroy Louisiana Monroe. <laughs> Tied by 50, by 70. Let's say 70. <laughs> that is a really good bet. I like that. I'm, I'm going to go Council Bluffs and put that in immediately. Uh, my lock of the week is actually the uh, Oklahoma spread. I think they easily cover 11 and a half points on the Spurs. That's, I think that's guaranteed at this point, just seeing Nebraska's performance so far. Was I can't here. wait to come back in next well. week and prove you wrong. Yeah, hey, you did it. My lock as well. You did it to us last week, Devin, so let's see it. And I, I think it's going to be close. I, I think Oklahoma's winning by four. That's what, that's what I'm picking. My lock of the week is I'm, and I, and I it pains me to say this, Isaiah, but I'm I'm riding duck country all the way to the bank. I think them, and I I, I look at Barstool for my for my spreads. They're they're favored by four. I think it was three and a half for Vegas. I think them over BYU. I think they're gonna win, beat BYU and they're gonna cover. You know, I have the exact same lock of the week. I think Oregon is a good team. I think the breaks beat off them by Georgia, but Georgia is a different beast. I don't, they can't compare them. I think Oregon is still a really good team. So I know we talked about this earlier, but I kind of kept my mouth shut for my week three lock here and um, kind of respect my decision here, but Nevada to cover a 23 point spread. I don't think Iowa's offense is good. That is also a solid pick. I think I think Nevada will lose by maybe 14, but it's going to be like 17 to three. So I don't even think Iowa is scoring 17. I think it's going to be pretty a, high. <laughs> it's going to it's going to be a 10 to zero or a 14 to three game. And maybe, it's not going to be much. Maybe uh, hammer the under. I think the under was like 40 points or something. Oh, yeah. That blows my mind. I joked with you guys on Twitter that I didn't think Iowa would score an offensive touchdown all year, but like each week I'm just getting more and more confident that my take wasn't that ridiculous. They are <laughs> one of the worst offenses we have ever seen. Aren't they the, aren't they last in the country? F- FBS? Yeah. They're last yeah. in the country. Yeah. There. Very locked they gentlemen. Also, oh, worth mentioning ahead. that Nebraska is, um, Owen three against the spread this year. I did bet it against them again. Um, keep this rolling. I, you know, it sucks, but it's getting me money. The worst thing that could ever happen to you, Headley, is Oklahoma wins by like five points. That would suck. That would suck so bad. But I'm kind of used to it after last year, so, you know. That's true. Nothing new. All right, now we'll get into our underdog of the week. I like a lot of those locks of the week. I think those are some good recommendations for uh, people to roll on over to Council Bluffs or whatever betting state is closest. Underdog of the week, so we changed it now, plus seven or greater underdogs. So just a touchdown or more, it's hard to find those double-digit underdogs. I'm going to roll with my guy Lance Leifold in Kansas this week. I think Kansas can get the upset. They're they're a 10-point dog against Houston. I don't think Houston's looked that good. And uh, Kansas has something going. I think they start 3-0. I like that, Max. Kansas. I like that, Max, a lot, just because it goes against what Edley said to start the season, man. But my underdog of the week is Texas Tech versus NC State. Texas Tech is a nine-and-a-half-point dog. Um, I I haven't seen very good things out of NC State, and I think Texas Tech rolls away with the win. If I had a score prediction, it'd be like 28 to 24. Texas Tech walks away with the win. When we're saying 
a seven point favor is that to win or just to cover to win that's going to impact oh, to win okay well because i originally was going to say i'm taking south carolina to cover against georgia just because i think spencer rattler is going to come in there and have a great game at home but since that is not the case i am taking western michigan over pittsburgh i think western michigan playing at home i think they're showcasing themselves to pull off an upset What's the spread on that game? It is currently, according to Barstool, it's 10 and a half. So I'm betting it's either a 10 or an 11 for Vegas. Yeah, I can go next here. This lock of the week, or sorry, underdog of the week. I've got the Florida Atlantic Owls, a nine-point dog to the UCF Knights. And the basis for this decision is just that I think UCF is a bad football team. I've watched them play twice this season and both times I was not impressed at all. Um, they look like they're trying to lose the game. Um, their special teams look awful. They are penalty prone. I just think that they're bad. I think Florida Atlantic is going to win that game. Ben, did you have a underdog of the week? My underdog of the week would also be Texas Tech. I think NC State has not proved themselves yet. And I think that win over Houston last week shows a lot that uh, they can definitely hang with anybody in the country, probably. And a 10 point spread for them is way too big. That's a solid pick. Um, for my underdog of the week, I actually had the same pick as you, Max, and the Kansas Jayhawks. Yeah, I know. Headley, Headley said they weren't going to win more than two games a week, but. Fading Headley is always a good option, so I think that's a good pick for this week. Feels so unoriginal because mine is Kansas versus Houston now. <laughs> I got to work on going like second or something. Uh, yeah, Kansas versus Houston. Kansas uh, against getting the win against Houston with a 10, 10 and a half point spread. So, yeah, that's my underdog. I know my lock and underdog were both the same as somebody else's, so I feel you, Brad. What I will say, guys, is I, I – could change mine to North Dakota State Bison at Arizona, but that spread hasn't come out yet. FCS versus FBS spreads don't come out to like Fridays usually, and I think the Bison are going to beat Arizona because they haven't lost an FBS game in the last like 12 years. So I think that's not a bad option either, but I'll stick with the Jayhawks for now. We'll see what that NDSU line is. Moving into our picks for the week, we got a Friday night game now. Louisville again on Friday nights, Florida State favored by two. I like the Seminoles to get this win. I'm sticking with the Cardinals. Anytime they're on here, I'm, I'm picking the Cardinals. They're one of my favorite teams uh, in the College World Series, and I like them in football as well. So I'm sticking with Louisville in this game. Your educational pick there. Headley, do you know how to read an order of people taking picks? Five times. <laughs> I've been talking for about the last 15 seconds. <laughs> um, but on um, I was bashing Isaiah for because. Cardinals fan out of nowhere. I really didn't know that until this call, the recent College World Series, but apparently that has been a lifelong thing. I think it's also a bad pick. I think Florida State's going to win this. Louisville looked bad last week. Uh, they looked really bad the first week, and they lost to the, the Syracuse Orange. Um, and Florida State's got a nice little thing going for them right now. I couldn't agree more. I think based off of uh, recent games played, Florida State just looks like the better team to me. Yeah, I like Florida State as well. Beat Louisville here. Florida State big on Louisville. I don't think Louisville's that good. What is uh, Isaiah's bad take counter app? Because I am taking Florida State to smoke Louisville. This is just – where did you become a fan? It was like in 2012. I've been a fan for the That's Cardinals crazy, for a while. Dude. I've but, never heard that until tonight, actually. I, I can't wait yeah, to come back I've here. I've known you for years. I can't wait hey, to come was, back I here, He was though. very high on the Cardinals. Hey, biggest fan for, I know. Uh, 
for the College World Series, he was a big Louisville fan. Though. Hey, I can't wait to come back here next week and say the Cardinals beat the Seminoles. Okay, this isn't Texas I, and Alabama, man. Come on, just like I think it's Georgia, man. <laughs> I think it's kind of interesting because everyone seemed really confident in Florida, but that was no one's lock. Favored by two. Everyone really liked that one. I'm not very uh, confident. I just think for it's a Friday night game. They go into the remit. I'm confident. Yeah, I'm I can't, that, that's borderline lock. That's borderline lock. Next, let's go to UConn at number four, Michigan. This is our spread pick of the week. Our massive spread. Can Michigan cover 46 points? Uh, I'm gonna keep it simple. I think they. I think they do. UConn's bad. Did Michigan cover last week? I know they were our spread pick. They did not. Well, I'm still taking them to cover this week. I'm taking them to cover this week, too. UConn sucks. So I think Michigan obviously has the college playoffs in their horizons of what they're trying to accomplish this year. I think this is one of those games to get up like 30 real early and then just coast. Put in like the bench of the bench and just watch those guys hang in there with UConn. I think UConn covers. Yeah, I'm agreeing with Ben here. I think it's going to be right around the 46-point ballpark, but they're just going to fall just a few points short. And I got I'm going to covering. I'm going to use Ben's point here. Of they want to be in the playoffs, so they are going to try to murder everybody that stands in their way. I am going to go with Michigan covers, and uh, Harbaugh's a jerk, so he is going to put his foot on the pedal. I'm going to respectfully disagree with all of you. I don't think they can quite get, done, get it done to cover 46 on Saturday. I'm going to take UConn to cover that. Devin, Ben said, Ben said UConn recover. Yeah, and Connor. Yeah. I think I think Harbaugh will pull his pull his best guys so that way they remain healthy. He doesn't want to risk an injury against such a shitty team. Regardless, I, mean, I think I think for Michigan, 46 is too much. I'm sorry. I thought I thought you guys said they had you had them covering as they were coasting. That's fair. Could be close to the spread. Um, next we got Purdue and Syracuse. Syracuse is a surprising one-point favorite here. That one kind of shocked me, too. I like Purdue to win this game. I think it's going to be maybe close, but I like the Boilermakers. I completely agree. I like the Boilermakers in this game. Yeah, I'm going Big Ten as well. Could not agree more. I think Purdue wins this one. Well, I've actually been like a secret Syracuse fan my whole life, so um, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm picking Purdue. I'm picking Purdue. Purdue looked good against Penn State, so I'm going Purdue. And I'm, I'm riding the Boilermakers as well. This has not worked in our favor yet this season for us to all pick one team. So I hope it works this time. We did all pick Baylor last week. And we did all pick Purdue that week one Thursday night game, and they lost. Next, we got a top 25 matchup here. The Cougars head to Autzen Stadium to face Oregon. Oregon's favored by three and a half. I'm going to take BYU to win this game. They look pretty damn good against uh, Baylor. I'm going to take Oregon to win this game. But I think BYU covers the three and a half point spread. I think it'll be, you know, they either win by a field goal or they win by one point. But I still think the Ducks are going to pull a win out of this game. It's a lock for the Ducks. I completely disagree. I think BYU wins this game pretty handily. I I think their win or their win against Baylor proves it to me enough. I like the Mormons as well. What I have in common with Zach Wilson, we both like Cougars. I'm going BYU this week. <laughs> That was really. <laughs> that one was good. That one was good. That was, that good. was, that was good. Brad's been holding that. Really... Brad's been holding that one in this entire time. That was. That was Brad's really... only notes for the entire podcast. I love Cougars. I just put it in bold. Just twenty-five that... font. 
That was funny. Unfortunately, though, you're wrong. Oregon putting up 70 last week has got me in the confidence that they're gonna they're gonna take this one pretty easily. I'm with Jacob. It's a lock. Good lock, Devin. I, I think Oregon quarterback Bo Nix is a fraudulent quarterback. So them putting up three back. the week before that wasn't enough for you? Oh, dude. Yeah, let me tell you. They, that was they, impressive. They also played the number one defense in college football. Georgia. But you just said going, 70 points. That was against an FCS school. I mean, what are we what are we taking here? Talking about week one. No, I know, but then Devin said I like them putting up 70 points. Eastern Washington's not D1. Eastern, they are FCS. That's I what said, said FCS. No, that's what Devin said. Look at Nebraska, only putting up 42 against an FCS school. What, yeah. Georgia's on this group of five. <laughs> let's yeah. move on. This, yeah, this is going to Oregon is an easy cover. Oh, right. God. Okay. Move on, move, move on, on, move on. Next, we got Penn State heading to Auburn. This is a phenomenal Big Ten SEC matchup, some powerhouses. Uh, I think this is going to be a really close game, but give me the Nittany Lions. I'm right there as well. Nittany Lions cover the spread by either a touchdown or a field goal. Yeah, I have to support the Big Ten. Uh, go Penn State. I'm in the same boat as you guys. I actually got Auburn here. I think the home field advantage is going to help them. I'm going to go uh, Penn State here. I'm with Connor. Is it what is it? Go Tigers or War Eagle? They got a couple different mascots, but I take Auburn to cover pretty easily here. Fair enough. We got some uh, different picks there. That's always good to see. Next, we got the Jayhawks heading to Houston. Kansas is two and zero for the first time in over a decade, and I think they keep it rolling. Give me the Jayhawks for the win. Kansas is going to keep it rolling. Kansas is going to start out three and zero. Give me the Jayhawks. Yeah, you aren't going to catch me picking Kansas to win a football game. I got Houston. Rock Talk Jayhawk, they're a football school now. No, I did pick Kansas as my underdog of the week, but I do not actually think they're going to win. Give me Houston. Wait a minute. That's, I don't know. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> underdog of the week doesn't mean they're going to win. That's fair. That's fair. I think they're going to win. We've talked about this has, has the best chance for an upset. You're, you're yes, yes. totally right. You're sorry. I'm sorry. I'm but sorry. But they are Kansas, and they're bound Connor, to win 10. Connor, I'm sorry. Your arms are so big. All right, I'm going to go Kansas Juco. I'm sorry, but I got I got to roll with my boss is a Houston fan, so I'm I'm taking the I'm taking the Cougars, Houston. Oh yeah, the other Cougars. Brad, you can't you can't pick. You know, I don't think you can pick against Houston there. Yes, I yeah, what the heck? Cougs. That completely. I only I only like the, your line I only like the BYU Cougars. Probably <laughs> likes one kind of Cougars here, guys, and they don't come from Houston. All right, next we got Mississippi State LSU early season uh, SEC matchup here. Um, I'm going to go with Mississippi State. Mike Leach has a really good offense there already. Uh, I have Mississippi State as well, but they are not going to cover a two-point spread. I think they win by one point in this game. Wow, very uh, old prediction there. That's a funny take. <laughs> yeah, it's a funny take. Almost bad. <laughs> bad. Um, I got LSU at home. Uh, my time in Florida, I met a lot of people from Mississippi State, so I'm going to hail State on this week. I also have Mississippi State here. I'm uh, strictly picking off the name. Go Tigers. I am also going to piggyback off of Brad. I will be in New Orleans this weekend. So, of course, you know I got to ride LSU. I am go Tigers all the way. Next, an intriguing non-conference matchup here between Texas Tech and NC State. Um, NC State had a close one earlier this year with East Carolina. They're favored by 10.5. Give me NC State to win, but it could be uh, under that spread. Texas Tech, my underdog of the week, riding them all the way. I've got NC State. Again, I just think it's because Texas Tech isn't that great of a team. 
Yeah, when Isaiah was talking about Texas Tech earlier on the pod, I completely could not echo more what he was saying. I'm with Texas Tech this week. I got NC State this week. Give me the Wolfpack, but Tech will cover. I'm still upset that the Wolfpack got eliminated from the CWS, so I'm just supporting them wherever they're at. Let's go Wolfpack. That is a sad story there. Good take, Devin. Next, we got Michigan State and Washington. Washington favored by three and a half. We were Some of us were questioning that. I'm not questioning that. I think the Huskies win, and they cover that three and a half points. Oh, Max. I got Michigan State winning, and they cover the three and a half point spread. Okay, that's not how a spread works. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait. Sorry. Washington is <laughs> Michigan State. Win- no, all right. Michigan State yeah. just wins outright. All right. Don't worry, Isaiah. Just cut that part out. <laughs> it's it's not the first time Isaiah said that in this podcast. Go back. It's not the first time. I cut it out the first time. <laughs> I got Michigan State here. Big 10. Going to have a good week. I completely agree. I think Michigan State, it's kind of a slap in the face that they're not favored in this game. So. With Max on this one, I think Washington gets it done. You guys uh, bring up some good points. Um, I do think I'm going to go Michigan State here. It is a toss-up. It will be very close, though. I'm taking Michigan State to win outright by half mile. This is uh, interesting so far. We Every single game, we all have all kind of gone different ways except for Purdue. But uh, we like to see that. Vegas is playing with us. Next, we got Miami at Texas A&M, a top 25 matchup again. I would have taken Texas A&M in the first couple of weeks, but they have not looked good. I'm going to take the Hurricanes. I'm right there with you, Max. I'm taking the Hurricanes, but they are not going to cover five and a half. I think they'll win by a field goal. That is, once again, not how spread works. <laughs> <laughs> the Aggies are favored. This oh, my Lord. Whatever lock Isaiah says, do Isaiah not Isaiah has fake so. spreads. Fake games, fake spreads. Just don't listen to this, man. And I'm, I'm fucking tired, all right? All right, retake, retake, retake. You I got my ass. You can't use all your retakes, man. I got my ass. Uh, I also have Miami winning this game. Texas A&M, poor showing last week, and their fans suck. Yeah, I I think just looking at their stats, points per game, uh, going up against each other, Miami's putting up 50 points per game and only allowing 10. I think that's a recipe for disaster for A&M. I think uh, Texas A&M is going to bounce back this week and get the W here. Okay, uh, well, technically – well, I was thinking about this. Technically, this is not right. They are underdogs. But I will say you can't spell upset without the U. They Miami is 13 and Texas A&M is 24. But Texas A&M is favored in this game, so I'm going to go with the Hurricanes. I can't see it. Who's at home? A&M is at A&M. A&M, well, you better bring your raincoat because it is hurricane season in Texas, baby. I'm taking the Hurricanes all the way. Nice setup there, Devin. Uh, real quick before we get to Nebraska, Connor, do you think Iowa – covers against nevada you know oh god i don't <laughs> unless they pull petrus we need to see something new me and connor's think, lock of the week i think that they're gonna give petrus the first half and give him a chance and if not then it's padilla's time fair enough i can't wait to tune into that one and see if they can in fact cover what is it 23 24 right around there it's 23 23 23 and a half last but not least we got oklahoma Coming in the link in the face of the Huskers. This is Fox Big Noon kickoff, 11 a.m. Oklahoma's favored by 11 and a half, so we'll predict this one and a score. I don't know. 
am I supposed to pick against Nebraska here? I think I think since we're neutral in this college football podcast, we give our professional opinions out here. Professional obviously, we all only. obviously we all want Nebraska to win, and if you think Nebraska is going to win, you pick them. Yeah, but when I say this, I don't actually mean it, but I do mean it. I think uh, Oklahoma is going to get the win, forty to thirty. I agree, Max. But I think, like how you said, I think this will happen. I hope it doesn't happen because I hate to bet or I hate to pick against the Scurs. But I do think that Oklahoma wins and they cover the spread. I have forty-two to twenty-one Oklahoma. Yeah, my unbiased take as somebody that was born and raised in Nebraska is that Oklahoma is going to win. Uh, win this game by more than an 11 more than an 11 and a half points unfortunately i got oklahoma winning 69 to uh, 53 will do jesus does anybody know what the score of the game was when it was a college game day in lincoln 45 to 28 wait are you talking I think they scored 35 yeah, yeah, yeah. They scored 35 the last time they were here it was a lot. It was Ohio State. I think, I think we're in for a similar experience where there's going to be a lot of eyes in Nebraska, and it's going to kind of be ugly to be in the the center stage for. I think Oklahoma's going to win by the and cover their spread handily. What do you got for, a, you score, got for a score? Uh, score. I'm thinking like 55-24. I'm glad this guy knows how to do his spread. I also have Nebraska or sorry Oklahoma winning and covering, but I don't think it's going to be quite as high as some of your guys' scores. I think it's going to be more like 32 to 17. Yeah, this, uh, I'm going to be honest, this hurts to say. Everybody in this podcast wants Nebraska to win, other than Connor, obviously, he's out with it. But Oklahoma will win, they will cover, and the score will be Oklahoma 38, Nebraska 24. I apologize. I had lost connection there for a second. Did you guys figure out what the score was last year? No. Wait, it was so- six. It was sixteen to twenty-three, Oklahoma over Nebraska. I am predicting something similar. I'm going to take Oklahoma, um, but I'm pre- I am predicting a score where it's going to be 31-24. They're not going to cover, but they're just going to get the job done in Lincoln this weekend. I like that, Devin. I mean, I do have Nebraska covering because I, I got the forty to thirty. So I think I think we barely cover, but. Super pumped for the game. I hope we can somehow pull out that win. We are going really long this week, so that is going to do it for us this week on the Power Six Podcast. Ben, thank you very much for joining us. We love having our guest pickers, and I hope you start us off. Thank you, sir. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. If I end up going completely correct, uh, I expect some kind of royalties or something. I I need to get to Council Bluff soon to see if it pays out. I'm going to get with you after the podcast. I want to take your picks down. I'm going to put a parlay on it this weekend. Big cash is out. I'm I'm shouting you out for for the Sounds end of good. time, baby. Got you, got you. Follow the Power Six Twitter. All right, that is everything we have for y'all on this edition of the Power Six Podcast. Very exciting week ahead of us in college football. Will Nebraska be able to compete without a true head coach, or will our season be over before it even gets started? We will find out this weekend. Uh, if you'd like to be a guest picker again, reach out to us on social media. Uh, Thanks again, Ben, for joining us this week. Uh, we really appreciate it. If uh, Once again, you know, follow us on our social media. I did find out that our Instagram and Twitter uh, usernames are different. On Instagram, we are the Power 6 Podcast. On Twitter, we are Power 6 Podcast. Uh, just subtract the D in there. 
Um, once again, if you guys would like to join us in Discord, the link is in our bio. Have a great weekend, everybody. Stay safe. And as always, go Big Red. Go Hawks.